Before we start today's episode, we just wanted to make a quick editor's note. Our discussion here about the tax reform bill was recorded earlier this week before the Senate and House announced that they had reached a compromise on their two versions of the bill. However, we still don't know many details about the compromise and what that final bill will look like. So we still think this discussion is relevant and up to date. Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I'm your host, Amy Hager. Well, it's been an exciting tax reform season, and I'm excited to talk to our friend Mac Turkstra. He's the Director of Congressional Relations for Tax, Fiscal Affairs, and Accounting here at AGC. And Matt's been really busy, so it's been a little hard nailing him down for this podcast. And so we'll just dive right into it and take about 20 to 30 minutes of your time today, Matt, if you don't mind. Sure, then I'd love to. So what's the current status of this bill and where do you think it will be? Will it pass before the holidays? So uh, the status right now is that the House of Representatives has passed uh, their version of the bill, H.R. 1, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Um, and then the Senate passed a different version of the bill, uh, also H.R. 1, but, uh, but substantially different than what the House did. And now the two houses of Congress are reconciling their two differences in what's called a conference committee. And the conference committee is, meets, uh, meets primarily behind closed doors, although they will have an open session on Wednesday. And uh, the, two, the two houses, you know, the House has their position and the Senate has their position. And the conference committee will then have to decide which position or perhaps compromise between the two uh, pieces of legislation. Um, and, and then that, they'll produce what's called a conference report, uh, which will be uh, the compromise bill. And then uh, because it's an identical piece of legislation, it will then proceed to pass the House and then pass the Senate. Um, assuming they have the votes to do so. And uh, if, if uh, the congressional leadership is to be believed, uh, this will all be done before the holidays and before the new year. So uh, President Trump will uh, reach his goal of passing a tax cut slash tax reform package before the end of the year. So then going into this whole tax reform process, what were some of the goals that AGC had? So yeah, it's a great question, and if we really take a step back, the construction industry itself has a very high effective tax rate. Uh, it's a, in fact, it's actually the highest of any industry in the United States, at thirty point three percent. So because of that, um, AGC was very uh, proactive about uh, trying to uh, work with congressional leaders on uh, constructing a tax reform plan because uh, getting that effective rate down is is a priority and would be beneficial to the industry. And uh, also as a result of that, there, there were not a terribly large number of tax incentives and credits and deductions uh, that that uh, would be deal breakers for the industry like they are in, in many other industries. Um, so we, we were very engaged in the process and in, in trying to um, move the pro- move the tax reform process along. As many uh, many of you are probably uh, constructed a, as a, um, a pass through entity, um, the majority of construction companies are pass throughs. So we paid a great deal of attention on uh, how pass through businesses were treated in tax reform, and we also took a line towards uh, trying to simplify the code by you know, reducing complexity and taking some of the uh, really onerous accounting provisions and, and reducing their impact on uh, on members, 
and also uh, trying to repeal things like the, uh, the alternative minimum tax, which add a great deal of complexity. Um, and then just overall reducing the tax burden, and uh, perhaps most importantly, also preserving uh, the provisions in the code that are uh, create and spur infrastructure investment uh, so that uh, our, our members actually have work to do, um, which is uh, perhaps the most important uh, feature of the code. And so then how did all those goals fare? Where are you at with this? So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, <laughs> Not an easy one. For yeah, for uh, those companies that are uh, constructed as a C corporation, meaning they're a, a corporation that that pays an entity level tax, um, they, they do quite uh, well under the bill, and that their their rate is reduced from thirty five percent to twenty percent. Uh, if you're a pass through business, it's uh, it, it's a little bit more dicey. Um, currently, they pay a top effective rate of, uh, or a, pardon me, a top marginal rate of 39.6 percent, and the uh, the bills uh, took uh, some different approaches in how they deal with pass-throughs, um, and we can talk some more about that when we get into the comparison between the House and the Senate bill. Um, but Congress did take a concerted effort to try to reduce the tax rate on pass-throughs. Uh, I think it's an open question of how how meaningful that tax relief um, is what compared to uh, what was uh, accomplished for the C corporations. And uh, as a result, we, we've uh, tried to very aggressively um, uh, provide some additional tax relief for uh, pass-throughs, and, and we've, we've uh, had some success on that uh, in, in uh, the past couple of weeks. We felt very uh, great about uh, repealing the alternative minimum tax right up until uh, the last minute when the Senate considered a, an amendment that actually reinstated uh, a slightly modified alternative minimum tax, both for uh, -cor the corporate alternative minimum tax and the individual alternative minimum tax. Um, regards, with regards to permanency, uh, the House provision did make everything permanent, although in the Senate uh, it, everything expires after eight years, uh, which is a bit of a concern for us. Um, and then uh, there, there were some uh, many people may be familiar with some of the really complicated accounting provisions that uh, construction firms have to use, uh, such as the percentage of completion method of accounting. Um, it, that, the threshold for uh, being pushed into that currently is $10 million. In the House bill, that was raised to $25 million, which we kind of felt was the, the bare minimum that they could do because uh, it was put into place in 1986 and never adjusted for inflation. Mm -hmm. And even if you were to just adjust it for inflation, then you'd get to about $25 million today. Uh, the Senate bill uh, only raised that to $15 million. So uh, I think the, the House provision probably was, um, uh, just looking at, at those provisions was a, a better outcome. Uh, and then the, the Senate approach to pass-throughs was probably uh, a little bit of a better outcome, provided a little bit more. Uh, tax relief overall for um, for pass-through businesses. So like I said, it's a bit of a mixed bag when you compare the, the House and the Senate bill. On the infrastructure side, the uh, it, it was also a bit of a mixed bag. Um, the, the Probably one of the top priorities for the industry was maintaining the uh, tax exemption for um, municipal bonds, and that was maintained throughout. Um, there was a provision in there, unfortunately, uh, which, which repealed uh, the tax exemption for um, advanced refund municipal bonds. 
which uh, states and localities can use to uh, refinance their loans and uh, to, to get a lower interest rate. Um, those are uh, unfortunately uh, repealed in both the House and the Senate bill, so that'll, that will be a challenge. For private activity bonds, uh, which are used primarily for by uh, uh, nonprofits and also for uh, highway construction. Um, the tax exemption for them was repealed entirely uh, in the House of Representatives for bonds that have yet to be issued. They maintain the exemption for existing bonds. Um, uh, but the Senate maintained those uh, private, private activity bonds. So uh, that'll be another area that we'll be working with uh, the tax writers in conference to try to ensure a favorable outcome for the industry. And so then, what should our listeners be doing? What should AGC members be doing? Anything right now or just sitting back and hoping that it turns out okay? (laughs) So I certainly wouldn't encourage you to sit back and wait. Um, uh, It's it's, uh, very important to remain engaged uh, with with your respective lawmakers throughout the process. Uh, And it's important that they hear from you. There are uh, a number of provisions in in the bill that are uh, that will be a benefit to uh, AGC members, and there, there are some provisions in there that we think are, are pretty concerning. If you go onto the uh, AGC website under industry priorities in the tax section, you can view a comparison chart uh, that we've put together comparing the House bill and the Senate bill uh, that shows all the, all the various provisions um, and, uh, from a construction perspective that we think are important for the industry. And you can view those and, and take a look for yourself and see, uh, see how we do. We've identified a number of, uh, both on the infrastructure side and on the tax side, uh, that you can access through the advocacy page at advocacy.agc.org, um, and uh, where you can contact your lawmakers through our website um, and, and uh, share your thoughts about the, uh, the tax bill that's currently working its way through Congress. And so then, as as this process keeps going and as we keep the members up to date, you're thinking by the holidays so we could have a little Christmas present underneath the tree and be done with this. Hopefully. I, I uh, certainly uh, think that Congress is on track to get this wrapped up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, if not by next week, uh, there's, there's some political imperative for them to do that, both the self-imposed deadline that they've in, imposed on themselves to get this done by the end of the year. But there's also a, a political imperative uh, here as well in that there's a, a special election in Alabama, and uh, that will give Republicans only uh, a one-vote margin uh, of error so to speak, uh, to, to get their bill passed. I, I should mention it, at the outset uh, of, for, for considering this bill, Republicans did take a, a very aggressive Republican-only approach to tax reform. Uh, they, they have, the Democrats have had very little uh, input into the process so far. And uh, as a result of that, the Republicans are very constrained Uh, working within their very slim majority in the Senate uh, to try to get a bill passed that will that will uh, is agreed upon by 96 percent of the members of the US Senate Uh, so it's it's a challenge for them and uh, and as a result I think you're seeing some of the compromises that uh, that they've had to make to accommodate uh, a very diverse opinion within the Senate caucus and the uh, amongst the Republicans so uh, 
if you were to, getting back to my original point, <laughs> if you uh, reduce that margin down to only only one, uh, you know, a 51 uh, seat majority, uh, you can really only afford to lose uh, one member at that point. And, uh, it, and, you know, I think Republicans are hoping to get this uh, to the president's desk before they even have to contemplate uh, dealing with perhaps a one-seat majority or a, a, a new member in, um, in uh, Roy Moore that uh, is a bit of a wild card um, coming in. And so if this does get passed, does that mean it starts January 1, 2018? So there, there are some provisions in, in the bill that are, and I, I suppose it depends on what the compromise proposal will look like. I uh, should, should note that at the outset. Uh, but there are, uh, there are provisions in, in the Senate bill that do not go into uh, effect immediately. Um, probably uh, the, the biggest uh, thing to note there is the Senate bill does not have the corporate rate kick in, uh, the 20% corporate rate kick in until January 1st, 2019, uh, whereas the House bill, uh, the 20% rate goes into effect immediately. Um, other provi- m- most other provisions are slated to go into effect um, as of January 1st. Um, so that includes the, uh, the individual rate relief, the increase in the standard deduction, um, the lower corporate rate, the reduced pass-through rate, uh, increased child tax credit, et cetera, et cetera. So folks will really begin to notice a change in their, um, if, they, if they're an employee, uh, probably a change in their withholding uh, as of January 1st. And then for an employer's perspective, uh, they'll, they'll probably start to notice uh, fairly quickly when they file their quarterly taxes. Well, I think this has been informational. I don't want to take any more of your time because I know it is, time is money with you, Matt. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, we've certainly been very hard at work. And um, uh, one thing I'd, I'll add is, is uh, throughout the entire process, we've had absolutely fantastic feedback from the AGC membership, um, both through the Financial Issues Committee and through uh, the AGC uh, Tax Reform Task Force that we've set up. Um, uh, and it, it, I, I would not be able to do my job effectively without the, the help and, and feedback that we've received from our members. And I'd certainly like to offer um, uh, anybody hoping to uh, get in touch with me. Um, my, my contact information is through the AGC website uh, on the advocacy, or pardon me, on the, um, in the tax section page. And uh, if you have any comments or any thoughts about this, I would encourage you to uh, reach out and uh, and share your thoughts um, because it, uh, every bit of feedback that we've received has been invaluable uh, in 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 our advocacy and trying to make a, a bill that's going to be provide the best possible outcome for the industry. Perfect. Well, just a reminder: if you go to agc.org and under the industry priorities, check out the tax section. You'll be able to see this comparison chart that Matt's referencing, and that's going to be updated as the process keeps going. And Matt's contact information is there as well. Thanks again, Matt, and I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. We will be back January first.